Direct from Newstalk ZB's team at Parliament, the Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz with New Zealand Herald political reporter Thomas Coughlin. Morning, Thomas. Morning, Nick. How you doing? Everything all right yeah. at Parliament? It's good. It's a recess week, so um, so I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my washing. I've got a bit more time on my hands. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing to my life. <laughs> good on you. So, Thomas, as of next Tuesday, people travelling to New Zealand will no longer need a negative departure test. Tell us how that's going to work, and it's about time as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been calling for this for a long time. Um, uh, so if you're travelling to New Zealand at the moment, um, between 24 and 48 hours before you arrive, depending on the type of test that you're doing, you've got to go somewhere, get a pre-departure test, get that pre-departure test um, supervised and certified, and then you have to upload that certification to a government website, um, and you have to, sh- to show that certification uh, to your airline before you even get on a plane to go to New Zealand. Um, you know, if that, if that explanation put you to sleep, it's not surprising. It's too complicated. Um, I actually did it last week um, when we were with the Prime Minister heading off to um, to Australia. It's a real fact. It's quite difficult to do. So they, they are dropping it as of next week. And they're hoping that, that it will encourage a few travellers to come to New Zealand. I think there's a fear that um, for some travellers, the idea that, that um, a testing positive and a pre-departure test would mean that their, their travel plans get, get cancelled. I think that, that the government thinks that this, this is putting people off travelling. Um, so, yes, they're dropping it really in the interest of, um, of the economic uh, recovery. And it, it will just make things a lot easier. It is quite difficult to get those tests certified. For your information, Thomas, I can tell you that uh, in my involvement in Saints basketball, we bring American basketball players in, and a pro basketball player told us when he arrived uh, last week that coming into New Zealand was the hardest place and the hardest testing and the hardest thing that he had ever done in the last three, including playing internationally during COVID. He said it was wow. just ridiculous coming to New Zealand. So I don't know what how more complicated it was than anywhere else, but he thought we were far so far behind the times. He was su- surprised that we had a McDonald's in Wellington when he arrived. <laughs> well, it's interesting because America, America had pre-departure testing too. America was like one of the last big countries to have a pre-departure testing, but they dropped theirs on Sunday. And I think one of the reasons why we're dropping ours as well, and the government said this too, is that um, because America, you know, America's like the price setter in these uh, in these circumstances. So because America is dropping its pre-departure test, that means that it's actually much more. It will be much more difficult for New Zealanders or people who are travelling to New Zealand to go out and find the pre-departure test. Because when, when, when all that demand from America drops, um, it's, it's likely that, that the pharmacies that are offer, offering these tests will probably stop doing it. Um, right. So that, that, that's yeah. quite a significant change. And if it's hard to find a test, then people, will, um, people, people might struggle to get one. Exactly. And, and people like me just can't be bothered travelling because it's just all too hard. You know, we want to make it simple. We just want to get on a plane, get there and get that damn home without anything extra. And um, Anyway. Moving on, Australia's new Foreign Affairs Minister, uh, Penny Wong, is visiting us today. What do we expect to come of that? And she must be getting a few points with all the travelling she's doing. Yeah, I'm going to say she, she must, um, I, although I think, I'm not sure what, what it's like for the Foreign Minister of Australia. I know the Prime Minister of Australia has their own plane. Um, I'm not sure about the, whether the Foreign Minister is allowed to use it, but certainly Penny Wong's been flying a lot recently. Um, and, uh, and David Seymour yesterday made the point that... Um, that our own foreign minister, Naya Mahuta, has been fly, flying considerably less than Penny Wong. Um, anyway, so she, she, she is coming uh, here today. She'll meet with her, uh, her New Zealand counterpart, Naya Mahuta. Um, I, I suspect these, these, um, the, the, the talks today will, will follow on quite logically from that trip to uh, Australia last week by the Prime Minister. Um, 
I, it doesn't look like the agenda includes anything on 501s um, or migration, that sort of stuff. Um, the main um, the main issue there is that uh, the, the the issue of China in the Pacific uh, and and their um, their kind of uh, growing um, influence there. And actually, interesting, while we're on the phone, just breaking right now, um, Stats NZ have published our GDP statistics, and that's down 0.2% in the three months at the end of March. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty um, pretty gloomy result there. So how does that uh, affect us generally? I mean, I see that it follows a rise of 3% in the three months to December. Yeah, so I, I, I think overall for the, for the year will be positive. Um, but if you have two two quarters of negative growth, and um, with, with now uh, as of um, as of this, this uh, most recent print, so that's the three months of March, the January, February, March this year. Um, if you have two quarters of negative growth, that is a technical recession. Um, yes. So we're we are halfway we are halfway there. So it does look like um, the the uh, pedal is coming off the gas a wee bit with regards to um, with regard to economic growth. That's going to be very gloomy economic news for the government because obviously the last recession we had wasn't even that long ago. It was the 2020 COVID-19 recession. Um, so right. um, on the plus side, recessions do tend to cure inflation. So um, so maybe maybe the government's got um, got its cure of the inflation crisis. Unfortunately, that that cure is um, is in the form of uh, of of uh, negative economic growth. All right, let's get back to the Penny Wong visiting today because uh, I've followed Penny Wong's career uh, over a number of years because I'm quite interested in Australian politics. Uh, and, and I would say that there wouldn't be too many tougher in politics than her. So I would have thought that talking to her about the 501s would be like talking to a mirror on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think we're going to get much movement on 501s from, from Penny Wong today. Um, yeah, I, I think the main the main concern is just shoring up Australia and New Zealand's relationship in the Pacific and making sure we're on the same page um, as China kind of um, reaches in here. I, I don't think either ones are are, um, are going to come up um, much if at all. But we do have a press conference today, um, and, and it's likely that the media will raise that issue. Um, and, and of course, uh, next month, um, July, we've got a ministerial uh, meeting between high level uh, between senior ministers in New Zealand and Australia. And uh, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has said that, that at that meeting, uh, they will raise the 501 issue and discuss it further. So I think if you're looking for progress in 501s, um, hold your breath until July. That's been the next big, um, the next big landmark. Is. I think I've been holding my breath for a while. I think we'll all hold our breath for a bit uh, longer. But I, Thomas... I would advise you to hold, hold your breath, Nick. I think it's a serious <laughs> public health to hold your breath for that long. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Thomas. I appreciate you uh, as always. Uh, Beehive Buzz with New Zealand political, uh, New Zealand Herald political reporter Thomas Coglin.